Hi, and welcome to the Royal Free London Private Patient Units podcast, where we invite our consultants in and ask some questions about health topics and the latest treatments. I'm Tanya Nelson. In today's episode, we invite Professor Owen Epstein, a renowned and pioneering professor of gastroenterology at the Royal Free Hospital, to answer the most frequently asked questions about bowel cancer and capsule colonoscopies. Professor Epstein led the development of the Sheila Sherlock Education Centre and was one of the first gastroenterologists to recognise the role of nurse specialists. He has a special interest in the innovation of healthcare and the technologies used to ease the patient journey. These include whole bowel wireless capsules, endoscopies and colonoscopies, and breath tests for digestive disorders. In the first part of the interview with Professor Epstein, we talked about bowel cancer and how lifestyle and family medical histories contributes to it. We will conclude this podcast with Professor Epstein explaining non-cancerous polyps versus cancerous polyps, what is a capsule colonoscopy and how patients can prepare for it. We've talked about diagnosing colon cancers and through the advancement of technology, we now have video capsule endoscopies. Can you tell us more about this? What is a video capsule endoscopy? Okay, well, if you remember that the insides of the body, the inside of the body is dark, it's pitch black. Just like, you know, if you look into the ear canal, somebody was looking at the ear canal, it could be dark inside, there's no lighting, and you need to have a light source to have a look in the ear. You cannot really see anything internally in the digestive tract unless you shine a light. And so um, this was really not possible until the late 1960s, when fiber optic um, uh, light transmission was really commercialized, meaning that you could pass light uh, a long way down a tube, uh, around bends, etc., by using what is called fiber optics. Um, and um, th- that led to the development of what we call endoscopes. And endoscopes are instruments that have got a fiber optic bundle, which can carry light all the way into the bowel. And by having a camera at the end of the endoscope, it's possible to get a picture coming back. So there's both lighting and there's the ability to take a picture. And, So an upper endoscopy, which looks at the esophagus and the stomach, or a colonoscopy, which is a long tube, 1.6 meters long, which delivers light into the large intestine and has to be passed through the rectum, has been the traditional way of looking out for for abnormalities of the bowel. However, um, fiber optic colonoscopy or endoscopy is um, quite a difficult procedure, both for the doctor and the patient. For the patient, it really means um, passing a pretty long tube between one and two meters long, depending which bit of the bowel you're looking at, um, you know, either through the mouth, if you're looking at the top end or through the rectum, if you're looking at the bottom end and using manual dexterity and pressure, manual dexterity and pressure to actually advance the endoscope all the way down the bowel. Now, I told you that the bowel was about 26 feet long and there's no way that you can push an endoscope all the way through the intestine. You can, uh, there are devices that can look at the top end and the bottom end, but not the small intestine because it's too far. It would be too dangerous and, and, and technically too difficult to do that. But that's been the, the, the tradition has been that if somebody needs to have their colon investigated, a colonoscope would be used. A colonoscope would be used. 
And, um, you know, for the patient, this is quite a big uh, intervention, needs um, preparation, admission, sedation, analgesia. Um, it's, it's, it's done in an endoscopy department. It's a day case after the procedure, which can be quite uncomfortable for some people if it's, um, you know, if it's a difficult procedure. The patient then needs to recover afterwards and has to be accompanied home because after you've had the sedation and the analgesia, you can't hop on a bus or even catch a taxi and go home by yourself. So it's, it's, it's quite a big intervention. And lots of patients decide that they're not really keen on having a colonoscopy because they're a little embarrassed or perhaps um, a bit concerned about, you know, about the discomfort, etc. It's not, not something that people are easily persuaded to undergo. So, but things have changed. And in the turn of the century, the beginning of the 2000s, um, uh, a, guy by the name of, um, a guy by the name of um, Eden, uh, Gabriel Eden, who is an Israeli scientist, um, invented a capsule with a television camera. And I've got one over here, which I'll show you. This is it over here. So inside this capsule over here, there is a camera, a lens, there's a, a, a light source, there are batteries, and there is an aerial which allows this capsule to send a wireless message to a little capture device. So the patient can have their test done without being connected to anything. It's really a capsule that's swallowed and the microelectronics, this little TV studio and a pill, sends the message like with your mobile phone wirelessly um, to a, a, another device which then captures and that can be looked at on a computer. Now, obviously, this um, capsule um, does have some advantages. Uh, firstly, you don't have to be admitted to hospital. It can be done anywhere. It can be done at home. It could theoretically be done at home. It's not done at home very much, but it could be if the, if the arrangements were made. It involves swallowing uh, with a sip of water. Um, just sitting in a chair. One doesn't need to have any sedation or analgesia or drips or be uh, admitted into a, a special room. with lots of equipment around. Um, it's delivered by a nurse specialist. Um, doctor doesn't administer the capsule. Uh, we have nurses who are trained to deliver the capsule. And then for most patients, you just go home. Um, and as the capsule is pushed through the 26 feet of intestine, um, it, it, using the, the body's natural movements, so there's no manual dexterity necessary. It's videoing the inner surface of the small of the esophagus, the stomach, the small bowel, and the large intestine, and then it's passed into the toilet, the same as you would pass a stool, flushed away where it's extracted before uh, when it gets to the sewage plant, so that it doesn't pollute, and um, you know the, 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 that's not really a major problem. And from the patient's point of view, the procedure itself is painless and not associated with any major complications. Um, very, very rarely, very rarely with endoscopy, there can be complications, which can be quite troublesome. But with capsule endoscopy, um, it's, it's really a painless procedure, most of which occurs at home. There's nothing embarrassing about it either. I'd also like to add something more. Remember that because the large intestine is where stools are formed, before either a fiber optic colonoscopy, the old, not the old, but the traditional way of examining the colon or colon capsule, it's necessary to have a bowel preparation. Obviously, you need to clear the, the large intestine of stool. Otherwise, 
you won't be able to see anything or the capsule gets stuck in the mud. So I just add that little caveat that uh, for all these procedures, there is a, a special laxative preparation that's required to clear the bowel out. That's done at home. Um, because the capsule has got a limited battery life, um, lifespan, the battery lasts approximately 14 hours, which is not bad. Uh, and most often passes within eight hours. But for people who've got chronic constipation or the elderly and infirm, um, 14 hours may not be enough for the battery. So um, what is added if you ha do have a colon capsule endoscopy is that when you get home, we supply you with a little extra, what we call a booster. It's um, a, a liquid which you drink at home, which actually accelerates the capsule, its movement, just to make sure that it leaves the body before the battery runs out. So I think that really is the nub of preparation for colon capsule, the laxative to clear the colon out, and then at home, what we call the booster, which is to accelerate the capsules transit down 26 feet of intestine so that we have enough battery life. Is there any other way that a patient can prepare for a capsule colonoscopy? So they might be feeling nervous or anxious um, about the procedure. Um, okay, it's a good point. Um, unfortunately, because you have to get rid of the stool, um, there's no shortcut to that, you know, it, it, it's, it's necessary. I mean, the preparation is not too bad. It means taking a liter of something called Movi Prep the night before, and then in the, mo in the morning of the test, taking another liter, drunk over an hour. So it's drinking a liter over an hour, and it doesn't, the prep doesn't cause pain. It just causes like a washout, like a lavage of the bowel. So that you have to have. Um, in terms of... Um, uh, you know, any, any other ways of, of preparing? Well, in, in my experience, if the patient understands the procedure, knows what to expect, and it's not just thrust on them by something arriving in the post, um, it's usually very straightforward. So we, for example, have um, a, a, a website and we invite our patients to go to the website as soon as the decision has been made that they might decide to undergo an endoscopy. And in the website, we've got the whole pathway mapped out with both audio and vision. We understand that many of our patients may not understand um, technical language and uh, might not understand English all that well. And by having both pictures and audio and speaking, um, most patients by going to the website understand about the prep, where to take it, where the hospital is, how to get to the hospital. We, there's a little part of the video which shows them what the procedure looks like. In other words, how the belt is, um, uh, is, is, is placed, the little belt that picks up the wider signal. Um, it then shows how to mix the booster at home and where to return it to. So like all things in life and in medicine in particular, a really well-prepared patient who really understands what to expect um, makes it relatively straightforward. Patients don't, I mean, they don't like you know, having a, a bowel washout, but they understand that this is the gentlest pathway possible and they gener generally tolerate it exceptionally well. What are the pros and cons of both? So pros and cons of a colonoscopy and the capsule colonoscopy? Okay, so that, that's a really good question um, because, of course, they, they both... The first thing to say is that 
a capsule isn't an endoscope. In other words, they same as saying a football isn't a cricket ball or a rugby ball. They they kind of got some of the same characteristics, but they quite different. Um, a capsule you can think of as being a scout or a drone. Now, because most people, the majority of people who have bowel symptoms, change of bowel habits, bloating, um, abdominal discomfort, and even patients who have occult blood in their stool, the great majority of those patients don't have polyps or cancer. So that's very important to remember. So the idea really would be to filter those patients who do have polyps that could affect the quality of their life or early cancers, and to then refer those patients for removal of the polyp or the biopsy of the cancer or removal of the early cancer by an endoscope. So they complement each other. The capsule is to say, you do or you don't have something that needs further intervention. And the colonoscope has got the, the, the operator, the doctor, in fact, these days, some of the nurses who can do colonoscopy are able to pass instruments down the colonoscope and remove polyps. So the, the pros and cons are, are really not, I don't think it's worth making a direct comparison between the two. The one is to screen, to say, do you, have, do you need to have a colonoscopy? I think that's really the question. Do you need to have one? So whereas prior to capsule, everybody who had symptoms would be referred for colonoscopy because it was the only way to have a look. With capsule, you can now say, well, let's have a look with a much less invasive thing. Most of you aren't going to need a colonoscopy, but it will tell us who is likely to need one. So they work in tandem. They work in unison. And what do you do in cases where um, the colon capsule picks up a polyp, so it detects one? Okay, so um, there, there are very straightforward guidelines. If there are a couple of tiny polyps, you know, very small polyps, and the patient is in the age group that we're interested in, which are sort of the over 60s, um, we would give patients the options. We would say, well, are those, poly those polyps aren't likely to ever cause any trouble in your life. Your life. Um, maybe in three or five years time, we can just do another check and see what's going on because we don't think they're going to turn into cancer. Or if you're really anxious about polyps, we could refer you on for a colonoscopy. But remember that these polyps aren't going to cause you any damage. Uh, colonoscopy can take the polyps out, but there is the inconvenience and the small risks associated with colonoscopy. And you could discuss that. But most patients who are reassured will say if they've got a small polyp, which means perhaps five millimeters or less, if you can imagine five millimeters or less, um, very difficult to find on colonoscopy because, you know, the, the, the surface area is quite large. You may never find it with a colonoscope. You might just leave it. If the, the polyp is a little larger, say between six to nine millimeters, you would then suggest to the patient that although it could be taken out, it's unlikely to cause any lifetime problems. Um, and maybe in three years time, the procedure could be repeated just to see whether there's been in a cha any change. Remember that a polyp has to be larger than 10 to 15 millimeters before it even has a chance of becoming cancerous. So the little polyps, you can have a discussion with the patient as to what they want and reassure them that there's no urgency and that they don't really have cancer, et cetera, et cetera. It's a bit different uh, if, for, for somebody who's got a larger polyp, say a polyp bigger than a centimeter, 
In that situation, I think the patient would be recommended, well, let's remove it because it's obviously an enlarging polyp. And although it doesn't look like it's cancerous, um, maybe in five years or 10 years, it could be. Um, while you're relatively fit and well, um, let's refer you for a colonoscopy to have that, that polyp re removed. So um, the, the, the message is that if you do find a polyp, um, they can be removed, but there is a discussion to be had with the patient that most polyps don't cause lifetime trouble. And if they're small and the patient is, uh, you know, in, in, in the, the um, older age group, and, and many of them are on drugs and they've got comorbidities, they've got hypertension, they're on uh, aspirin, anticoagulants or whatever, um, they might not necessarily need to undergo any further investment. But if the polyp is um, uh, six to nine millimeters, then they should have another checkup a few years later. And certainly if it's larger than 10 millimeters or larger, you would then recommend that they should have a colonoscopy to remove it. So I want to get across the message that finding a polyp doesn't mean to say that, you know, there's kind of a, a sentence of a severe disease ahead of you. Most people think that because when you read the magazines, you read the newspapers, that's the impression you get. But just like, you know, freckles and moles, um, mo most polyps um, shouldn't cause a huge amount of anxiety. They can always be observed, watched, dealt with later stage. And if somebody does want to have the polyp removed, it certainly wouldn't be removed two weeks later on an urgent list. It might, might, you might say, well, you know, just go into the routine list if you want to have it removed. That might be waiting 18 weeks or even longer in the COVID era. Um, but there's certainly no nothing to be worried about. And what about pain? So at any point from the swallowing to the passing, um, will the patient feel any pain? No. Okay. As long as the patient's able to swallow, the only discomfort is the preparation, you know, where you're sitting on the toilet being prepared. And, and, uh, and that's, a, that's about it, really. It's a painless procedure. Can you let us know how a patient can get access to the um, service, the colon capsule service at Royal Free Hospital? Okay, so the um, colon capsule um, has been... Um, performed at the Royal Free uh, since about 2015. So we have uh, a lot of, lot of experience in colon capsule, probably um, one of the most experienced uh, capsule units in the United Kingdom. Um, we've been doing capsule endoscopy, you know, because I said before colon capsule, there was small bowel, there are other capsules as well, particularly small bowel capsule. We've been doing it since 2007. So we are recognized as being one of the foremost capsule units. And the capsule um, can be requested through the National Health Service if the GP is prepared to refer the patient on. And if the consultant who reviews the case is keen on capsule rather than doing colonoscopy. Um, so that the role free is a referral point but the referral will need to be specifically to request um, a colon capsule. Otherwise, most certainly the patient will go for a colonoscopy. So that's important to know. The private patient unit at the Royal Free um, has um, a minimally invasive gastroenterology unit, and which is quite unique. Uh, this is where uh, the private practice unit has um, developed a series of tests for the digestive tract which are designed to ease the patient journey as much as possible using new technology. And it's very easily available um, through the 
private practice unit uh, simply because we're very easily set up for, for the uh, procedure. And uh, anybody who's interested in having a, a capsule endoscopy rather than having an endoscopy really just needs to contact the PPU and uh, we can arrange it pretty smartly. Thank you, Prof Epstein, for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us on this subject. It was very, very informative and insightful. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure. If you want to know more about capsule colonoscopies or see Professor Epstein, please visit us at royalfreeprivatepatients.com. The content of the podcast is intended to provide information only and does not replace a consultation with an appropriately qualified health professional. If you have concerns or questions about your health, please contact your GP. Thank you for listening to this podcast.